With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Let me just pull up the questions that I had for you here, John. Um, yeah, that's probably. I'm just gonna call. Idea. I'm gonna call. I'm just gonna say call John. Me JM. G. How about JM? No, I like because you, you're you're our guest, and you get the benefit of having a real name. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I don't get called by my real name anyway. Yeah. I'll either call you John D or JD. Okay. If that works. Works. Um, that's, that's I'm talking fine. to the other John, not you. Um, <laughs> Why would we call yeah. you JD? Yeah. Well, because his last name is a D too. Oh, oh is it? God, you you two, <laughs> John, just John, We're fucking get out of here. Now We're you see, Brian, my solution yeah. is the best solution. It's Jahan and John. We Jahan. we accentuate the H. I'm telling you. You, you know what? Way fine. to go. Fine, we'll call him Jahan. Then. Hello, hey guys. welcome to the... Keep going, Brian. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try again. Fourth... No, I was just going to keep that in, but never mind. Uh, you can... No, you can keep it yeah. in there. Welcome know. to the fourth and short podcast with your host, Brian. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the James Bradbury of our three <laughs> amigos here. And uh, Zach Sanchez decided to throw his two cents in before I could even finish. So, anyway... Um, <laughs> So we are joined by John DiGiulio. Is that what it, is, is that pronounced right? That's right. That's it. Yeah. That's uh, job, this is John DiGiulio from the uh, Canal Street Chronicles, the uh, Panthers' favorite rival site. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we all love, but, we all uh, love the Saints that. and that's, Canal that's Street Chronicles. I was being, um, yeah, so he, came, he was generous enough to come on and talk to us about the upcoming Panthers and Saints matchup. So, John, how are you doing today? Or I should say Jahan. As we agreed to earlier, I'm good, man. I'm 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 all right. How about yourself? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, Brad and uh, our regular John, how are you guys doing? I'm super amped. Great. Up. So to give you guys some context, uh, apparently I was overruled in every other alternative here. So we're gonna give our guest's name is John, which obviously our oh so great Zach T- Sanchez host John is also named John. 
So breaking news. We're gonna call the new guy Jahan, which, like I said, did not co-sign this, but I was overruled two to one. So Jahan here. Jahan. Jahan. Here. <laughs> I'm Brad. Uh, and that's Brad. <laughs> for all for um, all the new listeners that don't know our names. Which I'm sure is a lot. And before we get into it, I just wanted to throw a special shout out to uh, Amanda after John apparently <laughs> John threw her the shout out last week and then she she referred to me as the guy with the very distinct douchey voice and I was like, you know what? She knows who I am. Uh, so Hey, well she said the the laughing emoji after said so, because she was kidding. So it's obviously a joke. You don't have a douchey uh-huh. voice. It makes no, you feel that, any better. That's totally, I... that's totally realistic. I was actually was I was like, you know what? She listens to the show. Like when yeah. when she said that, legit. Like I wasn't I wasn't offended. I wasn't. I've been told I sound like a douche before. So, oh, so you know, it's, it's... Not the first time. It makes you feel any no. better. I've always thought my own voice is really dopey sounding. So we all have our self conscious thoughts of our own voices. I'm gonna leave that with no comment and leave that with Brad. You go say it. Yeah, say it. <laughs> <laughs> I just said no comment. Right, I'm leaving right. the fifth here. Um, We're being very exclusive of our, of our guest right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, you're not excluding me. <laughs> Jahan is, is all is all geared up. Good, good, good. So, Jahan, obviously the Panthers 2-0, and Saints 0-2, the inverses, which believe me, we've been there. We've been in those 0-2 seasons, and uh, we've been there. Seems like almost every last year. year. Yeah. Well, we're, it, for us, it's every other year. Like we don't, we can't put together consistent good or bad. So, you know. Well, um, we're at the point where uh, you know the Saints are at the point where it's just every year now. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Starting. Uh, it's like I feel like the the aggregate of our team's records over the last five or six years are probably pretty similar. But we go from like good to bad to good to bad every year, and you guys just go like seven and nine to eight and eight every single year. Yeah. Yeah, my my affectionate nickname for the Saints is uh, has been the Seven and Niners over the last few years, and um, that's really funny, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell by Brad's reaction, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean it's it's obviously been tough because you know they have they're paying a lot of money to Drew Brees. They're try, they're trying to reestablish their identity on defense while you know, trying to deal with things like losing, like giving away, like Jimmy Graham going away. Um, Stephon Anthony not working out. Yeah, Stephon you know. Anthony not working out. That really sucked, I'm sure, for you guys. Um, you know, just in general, a lot of turnover, like uh, Darren Sproles being gone, too, on offense. Um, so tell me what you think about the season that you guys have had so far. Um, well, so the Saints have eight new starters on defense. Um, so that's obviously... Uh, on on one hand, encouraging because the guys that they've had the past few years weren't working clearly. Um, yeah. On the other hand, you, you 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 accept that with that comes the likelihood that you're not going to be very good to start off with, um, to to say the least. Um, I, I also read yesterday that the Saints have the youngest starting defense uh, in the NFL. That's somewhat encouraging. Um. Yeah. I guess <laughs> the the problem is that you know. You, they're in this weird spot between trying to maximize, you know, a hall, first ballot Hall of Fame's career at the end of his, you know, eliteness. He's still playing at, at you know, elite Drew Brees level, but that could that could stop happening at any one play. Um, and at the same time, they're trying to revamp their defense and get it back to, you know, I would say 2013 was the last time they had a, a good defense under Rob Ryan. Um, and it's just hard with those things. And, and 
and the Drew Brees contract is an issue, no doubt, but um, you can manage it. You just there's such a small margin for error whenever you have a contract like that. You can't miss on contracts like Jarris Bird. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. you know. So it, it, th- those are the ones that that really hurt more than the Drew Brees one. At least Drew Brees is still great. You know, you're paying a lot, but he's still great. Yeah, at least you know, yeah, the ones, he's uh, the ones he's, that hurt is is when they give you nothing. They're not on your team anymore. Yep. At least you have something to hang your hat on with the offense being good. That kind of we had one person out. We had questions from some of our readers, and one of the ones kind of piggybacking on what you've been talking about from Carolina all day. So shout out to you. Um, it seems like guys every single year it's like priority in the off season. We need to improve the defense. We got to shore up the defense, and it seems like every single year you guys go out. <laughs> and try to improve the defense, and for some reason, it always ends up looking the same. Is that just bad luck, or is it bad personnel decisions? Is it what it, well, coordinating? Well, so it, it, it seems strange that you would get new players every year, and every year, it's not that you have a bad defense. We're not, you know, the Saints aren't the 25th-ranked defense every year. They're, like, the last-ranked yeah. defense every year, you know? It's like they're repeatedly, so it's, it's hard to believe it's bad. a player thing. Right. <laughs> it's, like, record-breakingly bad every year, no matter who the players are. And you've had how many different defensive coordinators in that time, too? So, in 2013, um, you know, it was Rob Ryan, and then Sean Payton decided, this is really where, where things took a, a poor turn, is in 2013, um, after that, that offseason, they lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs, and they decided they were going to try to mimic the Seahawks' defense. And to do that, they needed a single high safety, a la Jarisburg. And... Um, that's not a defense that Rob Ryan has run. He's kind of a multiple defense mm-hmm. guy. Um, and Sean Payton just, you know, kind of unilaterally decided that. And from that point on, at, from, you know, signing players that Rob Ryan wasn't necessarily comfortable with, letting Malcolm Jenkins walk, and then asking Rob Ryan to run a scheme that he wasn't comfortable with, um, you know, didn't work in 2014. In 2015, brought in, in Dennis Allen, who was an obvious future replacement for the lame duck Rob Ryan. And... Um, and then ever since, you know, he's kind of just let Dennis Allen run his thing, which is his guy. You know, I yeah. mean, this is his secondary's coach for the Super Bowl run. Um, but really, more than anything, I, I think it Sean Payton is, is a little bit of a meddler on the defensive side. You that know, I makes think sense. He, I've he, never heard that. He doesn't, you know, the, the two times they, the Saints have had good defenses weren't a Greg, Greg Williams or Rob Ryan, and those guys had total control over the scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like every time Sean Payton, you know, has a little more input in it, they start to suffer. Isn't that and don't Greg Williams and Sean or uh, Rob Ryan kind of do similar things with like the multiple fronts and the blitzes from everywhere and aggressive style? They do, yeah. As opposed they, to they the, certainly run a you know they can run a you know a five man front in one week and then a, a four yeah. you know traditional four three look the next week. As a, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, as opposed to the the Seahawks method where you rush four every single Pretty, time and play cover three on every single play. And right. I guess that Very also is what led you to sign Brandon Browner, which was another great signing for the yeah, defense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that 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 all works together. Um, um, they, you know, finally, it seems like they've hit on this guy, Marshawn Lattimore, out of Ohio State. Um, yeah. Oh, I was so mad when you guys got him. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty studly, so you know. And the things that that's promising about him are, you know, what you liked in college in terms of his ability to defend the slant and, you know, stay patient. He's, he's the utmost confident in his speed. You know, he never believes that anyone's going to outrun him. And those things are showing up in the pros, which is a positive. You know, pretty, you know I'd say he won against Brandon Cooks pretty confidently. Um, problem is that, you know, 
nine other guys didn't win their matchups <laughs> on the play. Who was the other so, one that did? Can't, I would say Cameron Jordan did. Oh, yeah, you know? of course, because he's so, like the guy that always gives us problems. Right. He's like the only guy, you know, in the Saints defense that Saints fans can count on to be present on every play. Um, yep. but, but, you know, on the other side of the ball, the offense hasn't been that great this year either. You know, there's not like a whole lot to look forward to as a Saints fan, you know, um, this season. Hopefully that changes. But, you know, what we've seen in two games thus far is uh, an offense that moves the ball pretty well in between the 20s. And then once they get the ball in the red zone, kind of falters a little bit. Um, oh, that sounds very familiar from the Panthers <laughs> over the last two weeks. So, yeah, yeah that 9-3 to three, three win. Yep. Yeah. Um, as far as the Panthers matchup specifically, I think, you know, one of the one of the hallmarks of the defenses that have given Sean Payton and Drew Brees trouble over the years is um, do they have linebackers that are really adept at covering in space? And the Panthers certainly have that. Um, you know, Drew Brees is, is one of the best ever at throwing in patches, you know, in the seams, and he's really, you know, good at at uh, taking advantage of linebackers, you know, matched up on running backs. But whenever you have guys like Thomas Davis and Luke Quickly out there, and now Shaq Thompson, you know, it's 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 harder for him to do that uh, against those things, and that's kind of his bread and butter as a passer. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that's always been our problem too with you guys is that we saw when Luke McCown was your starter last year that uh, with Sean McDermott, at least, we always kind of drop back in zones and let you guys complete everything underneath, and Drew Brees is more than happy to take those checkdowns to running backs and tight ends if that's what's there. Yeah, he'll do that. He'll, he'll go down the field just checking it down, which is, you know, I'm, I'm happy with. That's a good that's a good trait. The most infuriating thing to watch when your team is on defense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like no matter how bad or good the Saints are or the Panthers are, they play each other close because Breeze just knows how the defense runs. And obviously the defense is not going to be a whole lot different with Steve Wilkes at the helm on defense. So... Yeah, sure. I agree. I, I, I have a feeling that that's still going to it's going to be a lot of what we've seen before, a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as uh, your impressions of this year, I do have one specific question. Um, so. Who has been you mentioned that they've, you know, had a lot of turnover over the last few years with mm-hmm. rookies, free agents, you know, um, so I'm going to give you the option to either give us a free agent and a rookie or a free agent or a rookie, but who okay. has been the most impactful one that you got, you've seen so far for the saints. Um, so or I even just say, a second year or third year player. Like right. Whatever, okay. So yeah. as a rookie, you know, um, I, I mentioned Marshawn Lattimore earlier and he's just yeah. started every week. He's usually a right cornerback, <clears throat> but last week he kind of, um, you know, Shadowed Brandon Cooks. He played in the slot against him. But another one is uh, Ryan Ramchek, the other first round. Hey, I had a question team. about him, mm. too. And, um, you know, at the Saints drafted him in anticipation that he would eventually take over for Zach Streif, who's, you know, getting up there in age. He's in his mid-30s at this point. Um, and also, you know, maybe use him as a sixth offensive lineman, which the Saints have been known to do. But Teron Armstead, you know, hurt his shoulder in, in May. So all of a sudden this guy's starting, um, which is... And he played pretty well against the Vikings. He played, uh, you know, as good as you could have hoped a first, you know, a, a first year player to play on in the road, you know, on the road against the Vikings. It's a ferocious um, pass rush to face in your first right game. against the a, the real deal. You know, it's not a you know. But so then, the, one thing that was a curious decision was Sean Payton decided to move him. Zach Streep got hurt in that Monday night game, 
So Sean Payton decided to move him over to right tackle, and Andres Pete kicked out from left guard to left tackle uh, in that game. And then, our, you know, a backup guard, Sunil Kilmense, came in at left guard. So basically three new uh, positional changes last last week against God, the that, Patriots. That sounds like us last year. Um, yeah, that sounds like what we did last year at the end of the year. It's frustrating. You know, it's, I imagine it's hard for guys to get into a rhythm together. Um, yeah. So I would say Ryan Ramchuk's been impactful in the sense that he's given the Saints, whereas they would be completely freaking out right now, probably making a trade in some capacity, you know, sending a fifth or, or something pick um, to, to shore it up if they had not drafted Ryan Ramchuk and Toronto Armstead and Zach Street for hurt. Yeah. But since they, dra- they drafted him, you know, he's been – started you know almost had had almost every snap so far yeah you're um, probably trading like a fifth round pick or some sort of some sort of asset to get somebody else's backup tackle that's going to come in and not just for this year you know yeah um and then as a free agent i would say you know the saints had hoped that um aj klein would be the guy yeah i was gonna hope hoping you're gonna mention one of our guys yeah we we love aj klein yeah no and and you know everything that that um that we had seen from him looked really good, including, you know, with the Panthers. It, not that he's Luke Quickly by any means, but, you know, he held down the fort pretty well, and he's an, he's an athletic dude. He's, you know, well-built, 6'1", 250, and he can run. Um, one, of the, one of the problems is it's hard whenever it doesn't seem as though Dennis Allen has given him the complete go-ahead to make, um, you know, an, an audibles on a play that aren't, uh, that are total, if you get what I'm saying. You know, he's not just making an adjustment, switching the, the the run strength side of the defense, but he's, you know, he can do stuff like that. But the things that, you know, if if all of a sudden we're, you know, we're showing blitz, the Saints are, and uh, the, the offense comes in a, in a formation that's not favorable for that blitz, you know, you, you haven't seen him comfortably check out of those into a into a better play. Yeah, I, so, uh, you know, that's we'd kind of like to see a little bit more of that, get ourselves into some better plays on the field. So that kind of... Do you think, because that kind of goes in line with what you said about Sean Payton meddling in the defense, do you, what do you guys, I guess, takes on Sean Payton and the coaching staff in general? Do you think they're too controlling? They try to do too much as the coaches, too much, you know, thinking for the players and not letting, like, you know, like Sean Payton not letting his defensive coordinators do what they want to do, or Dennis Allen not letting A.J. Klein do his own thing on the field, or is it just kind of a... So I'm not in the defensive meeting room, so I don't know if he's not letting yeah, you know AJ Klein, it's AJ Klein uh, do it. Maybe he's given him the green light, and AJ Klein's just not, not comfortable you know comfortable yet, yeah. with it yet. Um, but I think one thing's for sure is that Sean Payton, you know, he's a Bill Parcells disciple, and he thinks that, um, you know, he he should run the whole ship, and the and the buck, you know, starts there. Um, and I think that that has kind of. <coughs> permeated onto the defensive side of the ball more than it used to. Um, I think that for whatever reason, he's, he, he's really envied um, the ability to play single high safety the way that the Seahawks do, you know, to the point where after releasing Jairus Bird in the offseason, they drafted this guy in the second round, Marcus Williams. Um, to try to do the same a, thing? You know, single high safety guy. You mean, you're, and, um, okay, you mean your coaching staff? has something they want to do, and they will insist on trying to do that no matter how poorly it goes or how badly it fails over and over and yeah, over again. I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> no idea at how that feels. Does, yeah, at what point does Sean Payton realize it's not going to work and try something different? Like, when, when yeah. how many years of, of it not working does he need before he says, hey, this doesn't work? You know, Brad, I feel like you're projecting your, your issues <laughs> with some of the Panthers coaches onto – 
are poor things. I, I don't know am. what you're yeah. talking about, Brian. I'm not <laughs> doing that at all. Is that how you feel about the Panthers offensively? Yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> of course not. Why would we feel uh, that way? We only have, like, the most unique quarterback of all time, and we just insist on running power run plays with our smaller running back and then yeah, it, sweeps with our right. running back. It's like it's like buying a Lamborghini and giving it to your grandma. That's basically ex- what our exactly what our offensive about, coaches like. do. That's what we do. I'm depressed and just thinking about that. <laughs> it's so infuriating. I'll tell you this. Watch. First play on Sunday, we're going to come out. I don't know what formation we'll be in. It, that switches up. It'll be, it'll be standard single-back formation. And we're going to hand it off to Stewart straight up the middle, and we'll gain anywhere between minus two and positive two yards. Yep. The first play you of can, every game for the last four years. You can really? bet money on that, that that is exactly what will happen. <laughs> because, it, like John said, it has happened every the first play of every game since, I think, 1999 has been a handoff to the running back for about two yards like, every time. Last, but you got to set the tone. Gotta, it, was like, remember, yeah, right. it was our last game, our second to last <laughs> game last year, and the, the play-by-play guy said, or the color commentary guy said, like, the Panthers like to give the ball to Stewart on the first play to get the started, and then lo and behold, hand off to Stewart up the middle into a crowd of people for two yards. Like, even the yeah, play-by-play the only, guys are calling it out. Yeah, the the only time that it has not been a negative two to two yard gain was against Seattle in the playoffs in 2015. He gained like 53 yards because it was his first carry in like six months or some crap like that. He was fresh, but yeah, it, it's pretty much going to be a guaranteed. You know, it's going to be second and eight at best. <laughs> well, if there's any week to to start trying some of your exotic things oh, at yeah, the back end of, of your offensive playbook, this we, is the one. Our our exotic play is handing it off to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> our that, that's play our definition of exotic. Like putting no, I tell you, when, whenever they drafted Christian McCaffrey, you know, it was it was a terrifying uh, thought because. You know, if you if you think of the things that Sean Payton can do with a running back that can catch the ball like Christian McCaffrey, oh and you God. project that onto the Panthers with Cam Newton, who can you know take off on a play or run a you know run for four yards on a design run or you know nail a fifteen yard uh, out you know like on the money. Those things are scary together, but if he's not being utilized properly, um, you know that's. If you guys, kind of eases, if you guys yeah, that, that, that's a great segue into the question I was going to ask you, since we're talking about running backs not being utilized. Maybe you <laughs> can tell me this as a Saints fan. Why did you guys sign Adrian Peterson? Uh, you know, you have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, which I am a huge fan of Alvin Kamara. Just let that be known. Right. I, I, kinda, I wanted Carolina to get him. I really, really like what he does. I'm actually – he's – he scares me more than Drew Brees does on your offense um, for Sunday's game. I, I think he's really? going to be one. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of the difference makers. I think that if if Carolina can't contain him in space, uh, they're going to be in trouble. But um, I asked your um, your guy who does the Q and A's with with uh, other blogs the same question. <laughs> Uh, how much production should you should we expect to see from Adrian Peterson? Uh, and his answer was that we shouldn't expect anything because of all three running backs, he doesn't do anything better than the others. So my question is, why do you have him? Uh, you know, that's that's seems like a great question. Um, well, you know, I, I think Sean Payton was kind of 
almost spoiled early in his career when he had Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles later on. And that those are three guys that, you know, they could not be on the field until midway through the second quarter. And on their first snap, they're as productive as if they had been in the whole game. Uh, and that's a unique trait among a, among a running back. You know, most guys kind of need to get in a rhythm. Um, and I think he has kind of started to project those traits onto the running backs currently on his roster. You know, when you think of Mark Ingram at Alabama, you think of a guy who's, like, much better in the fourth quarter than he was in the first. You know, he's, he's now he's running over guys, and um, he still kind of seems that way. He seems better on his 10th carry than on his first. And I fully believe that that's true for Adrian Peterson. You know, Adrian Peterson's whole career has gotten, you know, the majority of the, the lion's share of touches. And so I think that it's difficult for him to adjust to what Sean Payton expects where, you know, you haven't been on the field, and all of a sudden you're, you're on the field on – second and nine, without a fullback, you know, three receivers on the field, 11 personnel, and we want you to, you know, to run it outside, off tackle. And yet, you, you have yet to run the ball, you know, and, and I think he's just asking a lot of a player that's, you know, this is a great player, a Hall of Fame player, right? But he's asking something of a player that he has yet uh, shown capable of doing in his career, which is to just be kind of a spot guy. You know, those are, those are two different things. You ask him to do something he's never so done I, and – as yeah. him do it when he's like 33 years old. Right. Yeah, it just it, it never made sense at all. Um, I, I, I was just curious. Cause... And he looks strong. You know, I'll say that he looks strong. I don't mind him as the goal line guy or the short yardage guy in spots. But if, if we want to get him going in the, in, you know, over the course of a game, I think you got to dedicate 15 carries to him. I don't think you can give him eight and expect to give you 50 yards. I don't, I don't think that's, re, you know, yeah. realistic. Well, it's also tough because he's so one-dimensional that, like, Mark Ingram, right. It's a, if they're similar as runners, at least with Mark Ingram, you have the chance that he's, you know, he's a better pass protector, I'm assuming, and then you at least have the chance that there's some sort of option out of the backfield for Drew Brees to throw to at the same time. Absolutely. Adrian Peterson, all if he doesn't get a handoff, like, he's out of the play completely. You don't, he's, you don't yeah. have to account for him at all. Pretty much, exactly. yeah. And, yeah. And if you want to hurry up in a two-minute drill, you're you're pretty much – never going to put Adrian Peterson in, yeah. you know, because you can't run a multitude of plays. You can't, you know, he's not great uh, running the ball at a shotgun. He's not a great pass protector. Um, He'd be, so, yeah, it's it's a weird fit. It, it's a weird fit. He's not a 2017 type of running back. He's His his type is kind of going away. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's not a millennial running back. No, he, he would have been the best running back ever if he would have played, if he were 10 years older than he is. Like Ooh. if he would have played in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, man. We're talking about Adrian Peterson in, instead of Emmett Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, the Larry Johnson shooter. time. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would have he's dominated. those carries. Oh, man. Yeah. Even more than he, he, I mean, he's still a Hall of Famer now. Yeah. But, I mean, he would have been in the, you know, the, the Earl Campbell, uh, Walter Payton, that right. echelon I think if he would have been born 10 years earlier. He's a basketball reference. Like, if he plays in the late 90s and early 2000s, he's Michael Jordan instead of, like, Hakeem Olajuwon or something. Like, instead of he's yeah. the best yep. instead of one of the best. Of all yeah, or, yeah, or to use a millennial reference, he's LeBron instead of Russell Westbrook. Oh, I yeah. understand that one. <laughs> Talk about these guys that are dead or something. Michael Jordan yeah. Olajuwon. Yeah, so just talking about the running backs real quick, you know, you were talking about Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Um, and one of the things, Alvin Kamara kind of brings the thing that, that the Saints had been missing since Darren Sproles. You know, Ingram's a serviceable, he's more than serviceable. He's, he's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. But he's not going to whip 
whip your linebacker on a route down the field. You know, he's going to catch that check down and get nine yards on the play, or maybe he'll catch a knife route. Um, but Kamar is the type of guy where, you know, last week against the Patriots, the Saints lined him up wide, um, you know, at receiver, and a cornerback was matched up on him. And uh, so you're, you're, you know, you're thinking, all right, well, we're not going to go there because obviously if a corner's on the running back, you know, that means a linebacker's probably on a receiver somewhere. Well, he just ran a go route against a corner and Drew Brees hit him for like 30 yards, um, which was, a, you know, a level of confidence in, a, in Alvin Kamara's receiving abilities that I was surprised to see Sean Payton had. So um, I think it's a pretty good uh, assessment of yours to say, you know, that, that Kamara's a scary uh, yeah, prospect see- in the game. Yeah, because see what I what I see them doing is I I see them doing that exact same thing because I I saw that where they did that with him line him up on a corner, I, I think they can they can get away with that if they line him up against Daryl Worley, uh, and because yeah. he's our our weaker corner they're not going to line him up against James Bradbury because I don't think Sean Payton's that dumb. Well, if but, he did, then that then that would be a, you know kind of trying to get. Bradbury out of the play more so. Yeah, if he, if he did that, yeah, that 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 takes Bradbury out of the play, and then you've got one of your wideouts lined up on Luke Keekley, and that's probably not good for anyone. But, um, but yeah, be worse, I, I, you know, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. probably the best guy linebacker out there to to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they can find success though. If and I hope they don't do it, but you know, I hope Sean Payton doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, oh, he but definitely is. I, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, but I. I see them having a lot of success if they if they find him, you know, out wide against Daryl Worley because Daryl Worley is our weak link in the secondary. So, um, you know, hopefully they don't they don't do that. Yeah, and I think you know a, a lot of it comes down to protection, right? So it's harder to to split Kamara out wide whenever you're starting, you know, you're not you're not starting your two starting offensive tackles basically for the game. You know, they're both going to be out again. So, um, probably. What, speaking of that, what, what's the status on Armstead? Like, when is he expected to be back? Well, he is on the, he's on the 53 man roster, right? So he was hurt all off season and, but didn't start the season on the pup or on, um, IR designated return. So you'd think that because of the, that, you know, he would, um, come back in the first six weeks, probably that's, that's, that's the assumption, um, or else, why would you use up a roster spot on him if he's not, you know, if he's not going to come back before he would have if he was on pup? So well, I we, expect we him have, we have two kickers, week. so we, we can't really say anything about <laughs> it. Oh yeah, I, yeah, that's that's. We know all about weird roster decisions. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, defensively, I I wanted to bring up something that I kind of forgot to mention earlier. Oh, you know, I have one more it, thing it's not the. Uh, Dennis Allen isn't necessarily a single high safety kind of guy. You know, he runs a lot of cover too, and he tries to be multiple, uh, and he is multiple, but the the difference is it doesn't seem as purposeful. You know, with Rob Ryan, I remember a game against the the 49ers in 2013. Rob Ryan came out with a five-man front and three linebackers. He was was running a 5-3 because, you know, they had such a potent game. And we didn't run that, you know, ever again. but it was it was multiple for a purpose, you know. When whereas with Dennis Allen, it seems kind of um, not not like you know it's there's no thought put into it, but it doesn't seem as it's kind of random. Um, yeah, it seems more random. That's how we it seems feel less, about our offensive less calculated. Huh? It's well, that's <laughs> yeah. how I feel about our offensive coordinator. Like, no matter, it's just kind of like out of nowhere, we'll be like running and running and running, and we'll finally get to a situation where it's like, all right, run the ball here, and we'll 
dude, nothing anywhere near running the football. And it's like, why, why are we doing it now? <clears throat> it's kind of, yeah. It's like he's he's normally really predictable, and then the times where uh, stuff goes awry, it's um, it's just like makes no sense. It's just kind of like a random decision. Like, all right, we need to get cute here, and and we're facing the best run defense. <laughs> we're facing the rest, best run defense in the NFL. So they're gonna assume we're gonna pass it. So we're gonna switch it up on them and really try to run it extra hard today, and then it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a stat for your defense. Um, oh no. So oh, oh no! <laughs> quarterbacks on throws 16 or more yards down the field against the Saints this year. 15 of 16 for 413 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Is that bad? Um, it's not ideal. Yeah. I don't no, know what the one incompletion was. So, so is that one incompletion on 16 attempts? Yes, one incompletion on 16 attempts on throws at least 16 yards down the field. So all the hardest throws. My, yeah, my other uh, question will be, why would you throw the ball short of 16 yards at this point? If, <laughs> if you're the right. Panthers, you're just running four verts every play and just launching it down the field. Uh, so, so what you're saying, John, is we should expect Carolina to to throw nothing but eight yard we will do, <laughs> green passes we will, and slant routes. We'll stop every route short of 16 yards. Yeah, because <laughs> the Saints are going to expect us to exploit that weakness, so we can't attack it because they'll be expecting right. It. So we go after their Again, biggest strength. Three steps ahead. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. So that's not. Good. I read yesterday, you know, that Marshawn Lattimore gave up 28 yards. He was responsible for 28 of Tom Brady's, um, what was it, 347 <laughs> passing yards? No, 447 passing yards. 447. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. I didn't mean to short my guy. Um, I know it's easy to lose count after games like that. Right. Yeah. It's just they all just run together. Um, so what's what's disturbing is that, you know, you think, you know, the draft night comes and you get the best corner in the draft. And you're like, all right, like, you know, your pass defense is fixed. Um, and then they just throw at everyone else, you know. And, and one of the weirdest things about the defense is, um, I don't know what you think of Kenny Vaccaro, but he's not, you know, he's not a perfect player. But one of the things he does really well is play the slot. It's what he was at Texas. It's what he was for his first year with the Saints. He's really good at the slot. And for whatever reason, the Saints believe that it's better to move P.J. Williams into the slot and bring in the Devontae Harris to play outside whenever they go to nickel than to play Kenny Vaccaro in the slot or Sterling Moore. Um, you know, they have a few, a, a few options in the slot, and instead they, they move their starting corner inside and let Devontae Harris come out. And he's just been, you know, absolutely targeted in the first two games. You mean, uh, you mean another – ah, there's so many things. We do that too. That just – like, it's it's such an obvious answer right in front of your face, right? Like, Vaccaro's good. Everybody knows he's good. Why not put him right. where he's good? Where he's good. And, the thing that he's good at. Instead, let's because trade him. that makes too much sense. You have to outsmart your opponent. Let's trade him. They right. expect you to put him in a place where he can play well. So are you guys going to trade him? Oh, man, you know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's very rare that there's a rumor that Sean Payton wants to trade someone and then that guy doesn't get traded. We'll give you Harrison Butker for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, we will. yeah. Or Graham Gano. You, you, no, you yeah, can take actually pick which one you want. He's a better one. You, Graham Gano, we'll, take him. <clears throat> either one. Either kicker. Either kicker. Hell, you can have both of them if you want. <laughs> I'm sure we can find somebody else. Um, the Saints kicker is actually one of the few bright spots on the team this year. He's getting a lot of work. Too. Not really what you want. He gets a lot of work, that's for sure. He does, right? Yeah, I mean, you, 
you'd think the Saints would be kicking less field goals than other than other teams, but they they seem to be kicking field goals every time they get inside the why, thirty. Why are you guys struggling in the red zone? With, I know Hughes <clears throat> was bad at that early in his career, but like with as many weapon, with as good as he is, and all of the various things he can do, why do you guys not score touchdowns? I feel like that's a better idea than kicking field goals. Um. I've heard that it it brings you more points. It's, yeah, that's also. What I'm I not did. sure if that's true, but it's worth trying. Math checks out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well. So yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I understand it. Yeah. I think Willie. You know, the loss to Willie Sneed, when whenever he decided to just be stupid and you know have a DUI at six in the morning in June, um, I think that really hurts. Uh, you know, especially in the in the seams where Drew Brees is so so adept. Um, but also, there, you know, there's just this weird rhythm to the to the offense. You know, you're not you're when it's third and two, you line up in shotgun and then run the ball with Alvin Kamara, you know, out of the shotgun, and that you know, or it's third and six and you do that, and it's just you know, there's no you're not. It seems like what you're trying to say with, about the Panthers is kind of true with the Saints, where it seems like we're trying to outsmart people as opposed to just. Um, out, let our players outplay people. Yeah, put them in yeah, a position. We, we to did succeed. that last week too. Yeah, we had it. We had it at second and goal. We had it second and goal on the nine, and we've been throwing slant patterns to Kelvin Benjamin all day long, and they've been getting ten, eleven, twelve yards. So you know that's more than nine. So you know you would expect them to do that because he'll be in the end zone where you get six points if he catches the ball, right? Sure. So, so what do we do? We run a quarterback power, and it gains one yard. And then we try a, a – I don't even know what you could call it. I guess a screen to Christian McCaffrey, and it was one of Cam's worst throws of his career. And then we had to kick a field goal. So, you know, we're, we're seeing the exact same thing that you are, and it, it, it's infuriating. So I know, you know, we everyone expects this game to be like 30 to – 29 i'm starting to think we might see the first ever you know zero zero game <laughs> after overtime like nobody might you know will score at all well like it's right, gonna be yeah. for two different reasons like the panthers defense will just outmatch the saints offense like strength versus strength and then the saints defense will be leaving people uncovered down the field and cam will throw it into the stands and then the next time the receiver will drop it and it's just gonna be a, a just a mess yeah so what's up with cam is he just is is he still ailing what's what's the deal yeah, his he. It's partially that his shoulder is still kind of sore, but it's also that you know he didn't do anything in the entire preseason, so he's still kind of getting into the in the football <clears throat> I guess, move. Uh, he's still working out the rust, um, but he should be. I would say, by now we should start seeing, you know, the regular cam. Yeah. So like the first week. And especially, the I first hope it's half. just one week later. Yeah, one, you know, <laughs> the first week, the first half of week one, Cam was all over the place. Like he was just not hitting anything. And then the second half, he he or he completed. Then he completed his last nine passes. So it's like, all right, there we go. Mm. And then last week, he was mostly sharp. I remember making a point at some point during the game, like Cam's Cam's really feeling it today. Like he was throwing darts all over the place, like we're used to seeing. But he had two really really bad misses he had McCaffrey wide open on the goal line on the little rollout play oh yeah I, yeah you I saw that. that and then he had Ed Dixon for the second week in a row wide open down the field and he, over, and he threw it over his head and I think those plays kind of stick out but I think apart from those he was mostly good 
apart, and then you know he got sacked a million times. Got oh, guess who our starting tight end is now that Greg Olson's hurt? Yeah, Ed, Ed Dixon. Dixon. So, yeah. yeah, not even um, a small <laughs> drop off. Man, uh, that 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 Greg Olson injury is really unfortunate. Uh, That's very. He is he's the real deal. He's he's you know he's one of the premier players in the league at his position. Honestly, he saved. Us. You know, he I really, feel like you're really smiling tears while us you're up. saying this. <laughs> yeah, What's that? I feel oh, like you're well, smiling while you're saying this. It it. I'm I'm not I'm I won't deny that I'm that I'm happy that the Saints don't have to play him, but I'm not happy that he's hurt. You know, I think he's yeah. a, he's a joy to watch, and um, and I know you know he's kind of the Iron Man for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't he, missed a game. He was yeah, that, this is going to be the first game he's missed since his rookie year. Wow, and he, yeah, he's never missed a game for the Panthers. He barely missed. And he was drafted in what 2007. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. I mean, he um, he plays almost every snap of every game. Like, it's not even just, like, right. a game-by-game thing. He plays – if it's not a blowout, he plays every single offensive snap. Yeah, that's going to be big. Um, yep. I, you know, I, I kind of I kind of think that, in some ways, Christian McCaffrey will fill that role a little bit in so terms too. of, you know, slant routes and – not slant routes, I'm sorry, flat routes, you know, trying to – you know, if it's second and ten and the defense is backed up all the way covering your deep routes, I think, you know, McCaffrey's going to kind of be the guy that catches – Catches those short dump offs. And you would, um, yeah, go ahead, that's man. exactly right. I mean, like McCaffrey, the only thing McCaffrey can't do that Olsen does is line up in line. Yeah. But right. yeah, you're exactly right. Like line up out wide, line up in the slot, line up in the backfield. McCaffrey's still going to do that. So yeah. Run similar routes other than, you know, the yeah. ones kind of vertical up the seam. Oh, he but, could do that know, too, other, though. Like he, yeah, he, he, yeah. he high pointed a ball on a, a, a defender last week. Cam threw a little short, and Christian went up and out jumped the guy and brought it down. So, I mean, right? Yep. He's not he's not like a running back that can catch. You know, he's got he's like, you know, if he was if someone told him that he could never play running back again, he just had to make it in the NFL as a receiver. He could do oh, he it. Totally, could you do know, it. he's that he's that good. Yeah. Um, Imagine him with your guys' offense. Oh man, like, I've imagined over under before. like eighteen hundred <laughs> total yards a season for uh, his. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, it would just be it would be ridiculous. You know. Yeah, um, it would be ridiculous. The one thing that's funny about that, though, like I, I agree with you completely that McCaffrey is going to be a big beneficiary in terms of those, you know, reliable targets. McCaffrey and Olson could not be any more different as athletes. <laughs> Greg Olson is the most linear person you've ever seen in your life. Like he he takes about eight seconds to change directions on McCaffrey, yeah. with, especially with the ball in his hands, and McCaffrey takes point oh eight seconds to change directions. So that's yeah. That's that's kind of the the humor there. And Greg Olson's probably got what seven inches on. Yeah, yeah. Greg Olson's yeah. huge, and he's fast in a straight line. But as soon as he gets grabbed, he just falls down. Uh, if he has to change direction, yeah, yeah. He as also soon as falls you touch down. him, he goes down. He he does not fight for yards at all. Which is why he stayed healthy. So, speaking of uh, McCaffrey. As someone who may have a new a dark horse a dark horse role in the offense now that Olsen's gone, um, John, or I should say Jahan. I was gonna say. Uh, t- tell me about a player that might be a dark horse slash underappreciated player that may have a factor in the Panthers game on Sunday. So you say that, and I'm you know I try to think of a player, and the first one that comes to mind is Tommy Lee Lewis. Oh, um, I know who that is. I think if I it were up to I me, do. Tommy Lee Lewis would be ahead of the ahead of Brandon Coleman on the Jets chart. Um, Should he be ahead of Ted? You know, he's this five wow. seven. 
mm, should he be ahead of Ted Ginn? I don't think so. No, Ted Ginn fast. seems more reliable on the on the out routes on you know just kind of simple <laughs> stuff. Um, we're Panthers fans. We know he's not reliable. Right, but <laughs> we're talking about a five-seven guy, yeah. Tommy Lee. I mean, this dude is like you know no, he's very he's not, very not the tallest guy. But he but they provide similar roles in the sense that they're both deep threats. Um, I would say Ted Ginn is a little bit of better of a blocker. So, in your play action sets, he's less of a threat on a run play, Tommy Lee Lewis. But I would say Tommy Lee Lewis. You know, the, the other thing is that um, Drew Brees has no predisposition on who he likes to get the ball to. You know what I mean? He, the, the dude is um, pretty pretty fair in terms of his target share. He likes he just likes to throw to the open guy. And if it doesn't matter if you've just got on the team. You know, or if you've been a longtime player, you know he'll he'll throw you the ball if you're running your route properly, and he's thrown the ball to Tommy Lee Lewis pretty successfully in the past two games. Yeah, I've seen him. Um, he's, he's he's a scary player too because he's he's very fast. He can get behind the the defense, and and even if I guess even if he's underneath, I'm sure he's very adept at getting just running past people with the ball in his hands. Kind of like Andrew Hawkins, you know that you know the old um, yeah. Browns and Bengals receiver that was real small, but just like insanely fast and quick. Andrew like, Andrew Hawkins, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Um, another player I would say is um, is Kobe Fleener. Not that that dude's particularly good, but the guy that's he's been good against us. Slack, yeah, he. I, I expect him to get at least one touchdown on Sunday. His third consecutive he had garbage that time crazy touchdown. play last year against the Panthers that looked like a. You know, in a mistake almost. I think it was like he ran the wrong route and stole the ball from his teammate. But right, yeah. <laughs> but Luke was like, yeah. Luke had jumped the guy that was in the right spot, and and Fleener just took the ball away from him and just ran unopposed to the end zone. Pretty much, yeah. But he's kind of taken up what what Willie Sneed is so good at. Um, yeah. So I I kind of think that he'd be he'd be a beneficiary. So um, I brought up Ted Ginn. What did you guys expect with Ted Ginn? Did you just like expect a poor man's Brandon Cooks? And with that, as he lived up to your expectations, I expected um, a poor man's Devery Henderson, right? I don't so, know, I remember that. Solid game. comparison. I remember solid him, comparison. Right? I, I remember the yep. name. Remember nothing about him as a player. Pretty much just a deep threat. Not very good hands, but you know, yeah. real good blocker, real good deep threat, and then occasionally would just you know his use his speed to. To back a corner up to catch, you know, like a ten yard, twelve yard yeah, route. Um, right, exactly. Yeah. And no, Ted Ginn hasn't met that. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's, uh, you know, not cutting his route upfield, converting his route properly, or just, you know, I know that this is a common Ted Ginn thread, but some, you know, dude just kind of drops balls. How many <laughs> has he dropped? Um, two that I can think of right now. Like in the regular season. Oh, that's pretty. That, that's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't gotten that many targets that I've seen. He's he's been right. He's, exactly. Like Brandon Coleman out snapped him and out targeted him in week two. Yeah. Um, Brandon Coleman had a game, but the thing about Brandon Coleman is that you know he's six six, um, and he doesn't play like he's six six. You know, he's he's not. He doesn't play his size. That's it a, doesn't go up and get the ball. That's a common thing, I think, both between a, a, like a real evaluators and his fans, is that just because a guy's big doesn't mean he's going to go up and win jump balls and stuff. Like it's a, it's a skill. Like we saw with Steve Smith, 
Oh, absolutely. Plus five foot nine was one of the best oh, ball man. receivers like ever. The ball was his. Yeah. Like he just believed that it was disrespectful to think that the ball wasn't Steve Smith. Yeah, and then we had know? a guy. We've had a couple guys on our practice squad and stuff, and we had Stephen Hill, who was the savior of our franchise for a while. He was six four. Oh five. man. And everybody's like, he's man, huge he... and he's fast. How can he be bad? It's like, well, because he plays like he's five eight, one fifty. Doesn't matter how big right, he is. Yeah. Yeah. If our practice squad wide receivers could could play as well as our fan base thinks, we'd have like the all time greatest <laughs> team ever. Uh, and you know, at just wide receiver because we've had like five or six of them. Yeah, I think I'm sure it's, it's you could... common for your fans too, though. Like, oh, yeah. especially at the wide receiver position because you know guys come from small schools, low competition, and they have like the physical skills, and it's like, oh, this guy, how could this guy be bad? But it's like there's. You know, there's actually like two thousand receiving yards at NIU, yeah. and you're you're like, wow, like yeah, and he runs a four three, like this guy's got it all, and then it's like, oh, but he's he's gets pushed around, and he doesn't know how to fight for the ball, and he runs bad routes, and actually, actually, he's not good. Oh yeah, oh well, he can't get off the line. Though, <laughs> is, the, is the issue? Well, we had I think with... you know if you could imbue Anquan Bolden's you know desire for the ball onto guys like Brandon Coleman, you'd you'd yeah, um, good wide you'd have elite players. Mm-hmm. I have one more question, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a it's a multi part question. So, is Drew Brees his contract? This is last year of his contract, right? Is it kind of yes? It's, it was a five year contract that voids if he's on the roster um, by a certain point of the league year. Okay. It voids like the final three year so, final three years of the deal. So yes, basically. Yeah. And he can't. So between him, Sean Payton, and Mickey Loomis. Are they all supposed to be back next year, or do you think there's one, two? Like, who of them is going to be on the team next year, or part of the team next year? I think you can lock Mickey Loomis in. Um, I think just from the standpoint that Tom Benson trusts that man with both the Saints and the Pelicans, and, um, you know, he's kind of entrenched in the Benson business. Um, you happy about Sean that? Sean Payton is... Sean Payton's I, – I am happy about that. I think Mickey yeah. Loomis is, is a pretty good GM. I think that he – his role with the Saints thus far, um, it seems, has been, you know, what do you want, Sean Payton? I, you know, I'll get that yeah. done. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try to sign these guys to reasonable contracts. And he's, he's pretty great with, the, you know, with finding salary cap space when there is none. Um, I think the issue is, has been <clears throat> the choices on who to keep and who to let go and who to get. Yeah which I think kind of is a Sean Payton thing. I, you know, with Sean Payton, I kind of – I struggle to see, unless the Saints end with a winning record, I struggle to see how he's here next year. Yeah, Because um, how many years – It's difficult. How many years have you guys been out of the playoffs? This would be the fourth in a row. Yeah, with a, with a Hall of Fame quarterback and an offense as potent as that and the fact that you've cycled through the defense so much. It's hard to. Right. It's really hard to like sit down in an exit interview and say, "This is why I need to be back. This is what I've done to deserve another chance at this and stuff." It's a shame, man. You know, there's there's not many times. I you know I might never see a player on the Saints as good as Drew Brees. It's possible. Yeah. I mean that you know it's, dudes like him don't come around very often for you to waste his career and not not waste it you know but kind of um, you know misuse the back half of his career in the way that they have is. Is you know it's hard to ignore. Yeah, he's one of the best. The, the thing that comes back for Saints fans is like you know every year, every offseason, we're like, can can we just get like the twenty third ranked defense? <laughs> can we get a not horrible you know? defense? Just like a bad defense will be. Can great. we just be bad? Yeah, just a, just bad. That'd be great. Um, and every year they're like, no, 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 we're breaking records in this thing. Like we're we're we're, we're we going straight to thirty second every year. 
Yeah, right. 15 new contributors on defense, just as bad as last year. And so, kind of, you know, to, to finish the answer, I think Drew Brees, I think it probably will be his last year. Um, it just, I know he loves the city of New Orleans and stuff, especially it's weird and stuff, but it's like, he's in a tough spot too, because it's like, does he, especially if Sean Payton leaves, then it's like, well, how much of this team is going to get overhauled? Are we going to try to put this together for, you know, a run at it again? And, you know, Drew Brees, right. I'm sure, doesn't, as much as he's, I'm sure he loves the, the fan base and the city and the team and all that stuff, he's he's old. I'm sure he, he doesn't, yeah, I'm he sure wants he another doesn't, ring. He doesn't want to be the guy, the, I'm sure the Saints wouldn't want him to be the quarterback if they're trying to go young, because, you know, you kind of, if you're going to go young, you have to kind of, you want to want to be bad, because you have to get the next guy. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, are, are they prepared for life after Drew Brees? Like, who, who's oh, next I don't, in line? I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. I think that I, I don't even they you know so they wanted Patrick Mahomes in the draft, um, and the Chiefs traded up to the to the pick ahead of them and picked him, but that's who they were going to get. Um, that's interesting. So they they've been kind of looking. You know, they got Garrett Grayson a couple years ago. They've been you know they've been in in the search for it, but I think it's co- finally come to the point where the team isn't performing any better than they had in the in the previous years, and they don't have a possible backup. Um, so th- that actually might lead to Drew Brees staying. One of the things I was thinking is, you know, if Sean Payton leaves, um, one of the best ways to acquire, you know, to, to convince a, a good coach to come to you, not, you know, not that they don't, every coach doesn't want a head coaching job in the NFL, but if you want to, you know, convince the best, like, hey, listen, like, we'll re-sign Drew Brees. And, we're, and you know, if, if, you know, if you're, I'm, I'm just throwing a name out here, right? But it, say you're trying to get the best of the best, Jim Harbaugh, you know, somebody like that, you know, we have Drew Brees, you know, that, you know, this isn't just a lame duck situation where you have to build, like, we have a, we have a guy that we're ready to roll with, you know, it didn't work out with our coach, yeah. um, that's, that's one of the scenarios I could see Drew Brees staying, with Sean Payton not staying, if you bring in um, but it seems hard either way, a legitimate, like, title, like, title ambition head coach, probably one that's right, a coach that, that believes that he wants to contend for a title in the NFL right now, yeah. not Bill. so like, like a Mike Shula, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yes, Mike Shula. I'm that's sure. a great, great call, Brad. Uh, top head coaching candidate, I think. I swear to God, if Steve Wilkes signs with the Saints, I'll be so mad. But <laughs> like uh, Steve huh? Wilkes is probably going to be overlooked this year because he's a first-year defensive coordinator, kind of like Sean McDermott was. But yeah, we're losing him in two years. You know, yeah, definitely. He's going to be gone. He's, he's going to get a job somewhere. He's already else. getting head coaching interviews before when he was just our defensive backs coach. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's a good sign. Yeah. So, well, that's a terrible sign. <laughs> it's a terrible sign. Well, yeah, we, sure. we like it. It's it's one of those things. But I mean, while you have him, it's a good yes, sign, it's right? Because it means it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. Because it's like you have a good coordinator like Wilkes in there, and like McDermott was, and they're you know top like hot coaching commodities every off season. And then so you know you have that fear of losing him every off season, or you can have the guy you know is gonna be around for forever because nobody's gonna hire him to be their head coach. Dennis Allen. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> Ooh, that's exactly Damn. what I was talking about. Right. So. Yeah. So, but and, and one last thing on Drew Brees, he will count nineteen million dollars on the Saints' salary cap in two thousand eighteen, even if he's not on the team. Ew. Whoa. Oh, that's gross. Jesus. Yeah. yeah that's well, bad. so he'll definitely be there then. Yeah. 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 They might as well keep him at that point. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Jahan. Um. I want to give you some time to ask us any questions you have, but 
I'm going to go with the, my with my last question here. So, what do you what do you think the score will be on Sunday? I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go twenty three seventeen Panthers. All right. It's hard to disagree with that. Can't say I disagree either. So, uh, John D. Long, aka Zach Sanchez, what is your score prediction? Uh, twenty three to seventeen. <laughs> and just, who's winning the oh, game the Panthers that's like a perfect score okay. though it's like we can move the ball but we can't score touchdowns it's, that's two touchdowns right. and three field goals like I don't know 23 seems like a good score for us the way our offense has been playing and the way the so, defense has for the Saints has been playing yeah, and then the Saints offense and I don't expect you know it's very rare that the Panthers or the Saints blow out one another you yeah. know they know each other so well that it's just gonna be well like um, look at last year tough we we went to New Orleans. We went to New Orleans and lost forty one to thirty eight, and then the Saints came up right. here and we won what like twenty to seventeen or something. Right. Yeah. Twenty so. three to twenty, I believe yeah, it was. Seven, yeah. I, three of the just as close. Yeah. Three of the last four have been decided by three points, and that fourth game was decided by five. So, sure. you know, it, it's always close, and you know, we traded forty one to thirty eight wins, you know, back to back, like the end of 2015 right. and the first game that's of 2016. Right, yeah. So that's uh, – Brian hasn't asked me yet, but I, I'm thinking we're going to see another three-point game. I think it. I think we're going to score more. I know I joked earlier it would be 0-0, but I do think that the Saints will give Carolina at least 17 points just because they suck on defense. So, uh, you know, and I think we'll get lucky and score, you know, another touchdown or two. I'm going to go um, – 31-28 Panthers. That's what I think. Four touchdowns so, for the Saints. That's that's generous. <laughs> so we like to give games away when we will probably build up a thirty-one to nothing lead in like the first in quarter. like the fourth quarter, and then Drew Brees will march you guys down the field, and we'll be biting our nails off with a minute to go because that's the way we roll. Hey, if, yeah, I'm, so, I'm sure. That's or, or, or Drew Brees will enter the fourth quarter with a lead, and then his defense will give it up. You know, he, this is a, one final Drew Brees stat for you. Um, Drew Brees has the most career losses in NFL history for a quarterback when he enters the fourth quarter with a lead. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. So... Yeah. My score prediction is actually going to be a little more conservative. I actually think that the the game's going to end 17 to 13 Panthers mm. because their defense has played so damn well, but their offense has played so damn poorly. <laughs> so I think that Carolina is going to get a couple uh, is going to get a a, de- a couple scores from just the Saints defense not being very good but the Saints will still hang with them despite the Panthers' very good defense. I don't think they're going to hold them below three points like this whole, like, oh, the Panthers could be the first team to hold the team, to hold three teams in a row below three points. No, don't believe that, but I think their defense is going to show up for that game. Agreed. Um, So, Jahan, I should say, um, this is something I'm going to offer you that you probably haven't seen through a whole lot of uh, podcasts or whatever, what have you. But I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask us some questions, if you have any. Okay. Um, what, yeah, I got, I got one that I've been thinking about. What do you think is the, um, what do you think is the season you know, cap on what, this, what the Panthers could do this year? You mean like in wins or like final 
success. Like no, just just final success. I'll give you the four I, first, John. I think. I mean, if our offense really finds its groove, I think we could be a Super Bowl contender like we were in twenty fifteen. All the parts are there. It's just a matter of kind of gelling and finding that groove. And that defense, I mentioned it a bunch, a couple times. The last time a defense held their opponents to as low as we have in our first two weeks was the Ravens in 2006. And in a funny parallel, in their fourth game, they played the, what the eventual best offense in the NFL. And that Ravens defense was the best defense. No team has been as good as that Ravens team until now. And I, so I think our hmm. defense, like, nobody's allowed that few points as that Ravens team, even though their schedule was equally as easy as ours to start. So I think this defense has a very good shot to be the best in the league. And with that, I think, like Denver showed, that if your defense is that good, your offense doesn't have to be good. <coughs> right. And I would say that the Panthers' offense is probably better than the Broncos' offense was that year. They should be, yeah. Yeah. Well, considering it's not... Cam Newton giving literally everything he can to throw the ball 15 yards on the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, Brad, what do you think? I think that if all the cards fall in the right way, I do think that Carolina can easily be a playoff team. I I think that Atlanta's going to fall because, you know, they blew a, a lead in the Super Bowl, so they've got that hangover. Um, yeah, in is case that, you haven't heard, uh, Jahan, Atlanta blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, we man. haven't covered that. Yeah, that it kind of sucks. Um, you should ask the Falcons blog about how they feel about it. Um, yeah, I will. But, I'll be sure to do that. Yeah, yeah it's one of my um, favorite subjects, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that Carolina has a really good chance to win the division. I think that Atlanta is going to slip. And, you know, people are – they're number two in power rankings. They're this, that, you know, they were 11 and five. They just, they got hot in the playoffs last year. It's not like, you know, they were 15 and one with, um, right. You know, the, you know they, they didn't dominate last year. So, uh, they don't have as far to fall. So I, I think they're going to fall in the, the 10 and six range, which will be basically what they were last year. I, I just think Carolina is going to be better. I think we're a 12 win team if Cam can, you know, get his his um, his groove back, and as long as his shoulder stays healthy, uh, I don't think we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. You know, sorry Panthers fans, but I don't think we're going to. I do think we'll make it to the conference round of the playoffs, but I think we'll probably end up losing to somebody like Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay seems like they're a real problem. Uh, one thing I'll say about the Falcons, I you know, I kind of actually think that they're better than they were last year. Um, I think that their defense is better. Stop stealing my thunder, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're so, fine. You're fine. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I'm kind of, if, if the Saints were in contention for the playoffs, um, which they aren't right now, but let's say that happens eventually, right, in the middle of the season, I'd be um, very worried about the Falcons because I think that they have the pieces on defense um, that, you know, can really – thrive against a team if they get up. You know, now they got a second pass rusher with Tack McKinley and Grady Jarrett's really coming along and Deion Jones is kind of killing it at middle linebacker. Um, so, you know, they're a concern. Um, but I think that, I, you know, I just trust Cam Newton more than I trust Matt Ryan. You know, I just, I don't know why. 
Um, I think it's because Cam's, Cam's a better quarterback. Probably. Yeah. Probably it. Well, Matt Ryan, that, that last year was such an aberration for him compared to the rest of his career. And it's rare to see somebody have such a jump like that after several years of pretty similar production. Right. And now that Kyle Shanahan's gone, it. Yep, I was just about to make that point. Steve Sarkeesian, of all people, is the offensive coordinator. I can't imagine their offense. Like, I know it's been good so far for the most part. They kind of struggled against the Bears, but they also have a new offensive coordinator. People don't know what they're doing. I think. Sure. I don't. I can't imagine Sarkeesian is the innovator, creative type that Shanahan is, where he can't get figured out and. Matt, we see the Matt Ryan of the last eight years before last year. Sooner rather yeah, it's hard to believe that this is all of a sudden who Matt Ryan is yeah, exactly. now, you know, as opposed to who he's been you, leading you up just, to now. You don't just go from, like, a good, decent quarterback to one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL all of a sudden when you're, like, 34 years old. Sure, yeah. No, that doesn't happen. Nope. I don't believe it. One last question about the Panthers. Well, hold on. Let me give, let okay. me give my... Uh... My stance on that. Um, so I actually see the Panthers as more of a nine and seven or ten and six crew. All right, uh, that's enough for your opinion. Team. Yep, let's move <laughs> right along. Only because I don't know how long it's going to take Cam Newton to get out of this funk that he's dealing with, where he's not making the throws that we know mm. he can. Um, it's not that I think the Panthers are an untalented team, but granted, the offensive line. We have one week where they did well, but then there's a second week where they did poorly. I don't know. I'm not confident right now to say that the Panthers are a NFC South winning team just because the Falcons have shown a lot more consistency than the Panthers have. So as much as I hate to play devil's advocate and say the Panthers may not be the top team in the NFC South, it's kind of hard for me right now based on what we've seen to say that. I mean, like good, a really good defense obviously alleviates a lot of issues, but if they go up against Tom Brady or even Drew Brees and they drop 28 to 35 points on them, it's like, okay, what are they going to do now? You know, like they have to right. face top D de- they have, they're going to have to face top offenses in the, in the playoffs. They're not going to face a bunch of teams that have like a bottom 16 offense and like a top five defense. They're going to face teams that have good offenses. So yeah. that's how I feel, but. This next Feel free two weeks. to take my take and throw it out the window if you'd like. The next two so weeks. safe to say no one's really too worried about the Bucks, huh? No. 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 Especially against us. Cause I think the Bucks are a year away causing trouble. Uh, I, I just don't think it's this year. I think they're going to be something to deal with next year, though. I think the, Sounds, yeah. the fact that we have such a ball-hawking defense, it's supposed to be – I mean, we haven't done it yet, but I anticipate us being – forcing a lot of turnovers when the year's over and getting a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Winston, for as good as he is and as promising as he looks, he's still turnover prone, which is... He'll give you the ball. It's He'll a, certainly is, give you the ball. Any defense can capitalize on it. It's ours. Right. So, I'm not worried about so, that yet. So, John, so, Jahan, what was your last question for us? Oh, um, h- how do you feel about the Panthers' replacements at, at offensive tackle? Who <laughs> boy, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll start with Brad since he had his uh, little outburst there. Go ahead. Yeah. What do you um, think? Okay. First of all, just about any human being on the face of the earth that has two functional legs, two functional arms, and can move in any direction is a better left tackle than Mike Rimmers. Okay. So okay. let's get that out of the way now. But Matt Khalil is pretty bad. Um, he's not. He's not great. 
he's not great. Um, and we paid a lot of money for him to be not great. And it's decidedly inconvenient that we have this situation. Now, you know, I'll give Dave Gettleman credit. He went out and got us a left tackle uh, because, you know, we lost Michael Orr because he had a concussion and he never recovered from it. Um, but, yeah, we really need a solution to the Matt Khalil problem. And I I don't think the Saints defense is good enough to really take that much of an advantage over it. But, you know, yeah. It's, um, it's up to Cam Jordan. There's only one guy on the defense that could do it. Yeah, if, if we can stop Cam Jordan, like that's that's going to be Matt Khalil's only job is to stop Cam Jordan, and I don't know if he can do it. Yeah. All right, John. John D. My my take on the offense. AKA line. Zach Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to add other than Brad said. Like, Khalil looked good in camp and in the preseason and stuff. All the reports were good. First game was good. And then last week he got abused. It And yeah. Cam was, like, under attack the entire game. And it's – Ron Rivera said it was because Khalil's not used to the depth of Cam's drops. Which, I don't think hmm. that's – I think that's just convenient coach speak for yeah. he's not a good left tackle. I mean, it's just – Cam was brutally destroyed all day. Yeah. And, he was. I mean, granted – That is you know, a very we, good D-line, right? The, we, the we went up against Buffalo. They're good D-line. And Sean McDermott was our defensive coordinator. So that's true. He, I forgot about that. He kind of knew how to attack, uh, you know, our offensive line. And – we didn't have our, our all pro center, so it was basically just double A gap blitz well, all day. Not only um, was it that we didn't have him, he was a game day scratch because he woke up with a sore neck. Yeah, he woke up with a sore neck and couldn't play, and he's probably not going to play on Sunday. It's the worst kink in your neck you've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. All right, Jahan, so I'll give you my take, and mine's actually slightly different from theirs. So. Um, Matt Khalil, obviously not the best offensive tackle in the NFL, but I genuinely do believe that when he said, I'm not used to Cam, the, how far back Cam Newton drops in his depths with his, uh, with his dropbacks and obviously a couple sacks happened. I actually think that that was true. Because he didn't play with Cam Newton a whole lot in live game action. Mm, yeah. Mm. Because you know, Brian, I've got a beachfront condo I'd like to sell you if you're interested. <laughs> so in it. I also have a it's in available for sale. I'll pass on that. But so <laughs> preseason, obviously, not a huge deal. But it does give the offense a sense of how they're going to operate, even in the vanilla stuff, and really more so with the offensive line, specifically rushing attack and pass protection and cam played what two snaps in the preseason and and last week against the Niners they didn't really do a whole lot in general I mean we didn't we weren't bitching about Matt Khalil last week Mm -mm. you know it was this week where McDermott knew what he was throwing at the offense and granted you know it's not I'm not going to say that it's something where it's a one-off situation with Matt Khalil where it totally it was not his fault at all. Don't get me wrong, but that is true. I mean, that's something we've seen with Cam Newton throughout his entire career. Like we've seen him sack for 10 
10 to 15 yards at times because yeah, of how true. far back he drops. Like, it's not like he does he, he does that. Like, he'll spin he'll try to spin out and get away from an, a pass rusher or he'll he'll drop back and hold on to the ball. And, you know, Cam Newton's pass um, – Cam Newton's uh, awareness of being in the pocket has been a lot better over the last few years. But at the same time, that is true. I mean, like, let's think about who Matt Khalil has played with in his career. Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Bradford. How many of those guys are really going to make a play out of 10 yards back in the backfield where we know Cam yeah, they don't really retreat can. backwards. That's not where they're going. Yeah, exactly. So granted, like I'm not saying that Matt Khalil didn't get beat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking all the blame off of him, but if he said that, I, I have, I have the, it's hard for me to doubt that that's not a hundred, that that's not at least somewhat true that he wasn't, ready for Cam Newton to drop so far back. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that said if Cameron Jordan gets two sacks on Cam this week, then I'll be a little bit pissed. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Anything but no, nah, I mean, I think we're good. Hit our, uh, our hour mark. So hour mark. Yeah. So, uh, Jahan, Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. I was I was surprised yeah, at the very objective. On. I was surprised at the very objective take you had on the Saints there, and uh, really try appreciate it. it. We'll, we'll probably try to have you on here when the Panthers play the Saints again. Hopefully, uh, this week isn't super ugly for both teams, and hopefully, it's very it's very injury free. free. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now but, I, I will say I, I hope Drew Brees like gets a hangnail or you know, dislocates a finger or, or something like that Overseas. on Sunday morning. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want him to, to get play. hurt, hurt, but I, I want him to not play on Sunday. So I, I'll wake up with a, with a, a neck. Yeah. You know, with the right, wake up with a neck injury. Yeah. All right. Well, any last words for us? Anything you want to plug while you're on here with us? Uh, no, I, I appreciate the time. You know, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'll come we'll back try, whenever. We'll, we'll definitely try to. Have I, I'm going to plug again. something. I'm going to uh, plug something. It, 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 well, yeah, it, and are. the Saints oh, fan is going to be going to be happy. I'm doing this. Um, we did a Q and A with both Canal Street Chronicles and Cat Scratch Reader. So, uh, if you're listening to this, why you're listening, I don't know. But if you're listening to this, you know, go over to Canal Street Chronicles, give it a read. Uh, they their guy, I think his name was Chris. Uh, he asked some really good questions. I had Old some Donalds, Chris Donalds. Yeah, Chris Donalds. That's great. Yeah, Chris Donalds. Sorry, I forgot your name. Um, but you know, he asked some really good questions. I had some okay answers. Uh, so you know, go over there, be active, and let's keep the conversation going until Sunday. Brad, that's a very yeah. Generally, very I'd say those guys are are pretty objective. You know, for the most part. You know, the, the guys at Canal Street Chronicle. We've had some good interactions with you guys. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I even mentioned this on Cat Scratch Reader today. The average Saints fan, like, not on the internet that I I come across, is like the most biased, impart, you know, <laughs> obnoxious. It's like the worst type of fan ever. But you guys on on Canal Street Chronicles are great. Like, there's a couple of your guys that come over to to CSR and talk with us. Like Jay Ricky seventy, I think, is one of them's mm-hmm. name. Uh, and, and there's a, there's another guy that comes up. They're all they're really cool. Um, and other fan bases, it's the exact opposite. Like, 
I don't want to name names, but like Falcons fans, um, <laughs> you know, you know, I know a Falcons fan personally. He's, you know, he's objective. He he understands that Panthers and Saints and Bucks are pretty decent. But you go on, you know, some of their websites, and it's like the worst takes and opinions and hatefulness and all that. It's just it's it's odd. Right. Um, but yeah, I like you guys over at CSC. You're a, you're a pretty neat gang. Oh, well, thanks. A bunch of cool cats over there. Whoa, whoa. We're saints, not as cats, you would say. Not cats. Whoa, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're, the, we're the cats. <laughs> Trying to convert us too quickly here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the CSR podcast. And once again, thank you, Jahan, for coming on with us. Um, really appreciate it. We'll probably have you on here again soon. Absolutely. You guys have a good night.
Hello, you are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.